I am not an expert. I've never published a book or taught a class, but I love quilting and I love talking about quilting. I make a lot of mistakes, but I like to think that sometimes I learn from them and get just a little bit better. If hearing about someone else's goofs and mess-ups makes you feel better about yours, then I've done my job. So join me now as we talk about quilting for the rest of us. Hey, I'm Sandy and I'm a quilter and welcome to episode 185 in which I am actually still on the face of the planet. And I am recording this on Friday, July 24th. It's 8 o'clock p.m. Um, and our air conditioning is broken in my office where I record my podcast is always the hottest room in the house um, because it's above the garage, which is uh, insulated but not heated or cooled. And um, I have to keep the door closed and the windows closed because of all sorts of outdoor noise and the dogs. And I can't even turn the fan on because that distracts the recording. Um, so it's a little toasty in here, which means I'm actually going to try to keep this fairly short lest I pass out from heat exhaustion in the middle of the episode, which would not end well. You'd have all sorts of dead air and who wants that? So um, I did, however, want to get an episode out because I know it's been a while. I want to say thank you to all of you for sticking around and being patient and not giving up on me. And I did actually even get um, some very sweet emails from two or three people saying, hey, we miss you. We understand. Just wanted to let you know we miss you. And it's always nice to be missed. So thank you so much. Um, I'm probably not going to actually do listener feedback. I mean, I hate to do that because the reason I podcast is so you'll talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> really is what it comes down to. Um, I enjoy getting the conversation back. Uh, but again, because of the quickly rising temperature <laughs> in this room, I, I need to do myself a favor and probably not uh, prolong this episode any more uh, than um, what content I have. The main reason I'm actually podcasting tonight is uh, because I do have an announcement to make. I have something uh, that I need to let you know about that's coming up. Those of you who have been around uh, for a few years, you may remember it's that time of year when we start becoming protesters. Uh, Tanisha of Crafty Garden Mom podcast and I are at it again. We are uh, co-hosting the Band Books Week Challenge once again this year. I think this is year, oh gosh, is this year four? I know it's at least three might be our fourth year. I'd have to look back. I'm trying, I'm running mentally through the books I've done um, uh, things on. But anyway, uh, we have, yes, this is year four. Now that I think about it, that's pretty darn cool. Band Books Week itself is September 27th through October 3rd, 2015. And so we are announcing now, I know Tanisha's going to be putting something on her blog. I don't think she has already. Um, I don't know if I've missed her most recent podcast, however. I am so freaking far behind in my podcast listening. In any case, uh, we will both be getting posts up if we haven't already with some of the information. But again, just to remind you, for those of you who have um, done this in the past, or for those of you who are new, to let you know this is our way of saying, don't tell us what to read, please. Don't make decisions for us on the part of our children, please. Um, we believe anybody should be able to choose what they read themselves, but we are both um, vehemently against banning books. And so Banned Books Week is a thing here in the U.S. where um, the Library Association and all booksellers, all sorts of folks gather together 
um, to raise awareness about the value of literature, um, even and maybe even sometimes especially so, the literature that we don't necessarily agree with. It broadens our horizons, helps us understand different perspectives, even helps us know more what we believe and why we believe it when we are confronted with things that we don't necessarily agree with. So anyway, I won't get on that soapbox, but um, if you want more information, I will be linking a couple of websites, uh, if not in the show notes to this episode, because like I said, I'm trying to get out of my office really fast tonight. Um, definitely it'll be on my blog fairly soon. And um, again, you will also see it on Tanisha of Crafty Garden Moms, and we'll have links to Band Books Weeks. Um, the, there's a website for Band Books Week. There's also one um, on the uh, American Library Association website. They have a page devoted to Band Books Week. And on the ALA website, there are lists of books that have banned or um, have been banned or protested over the years, challenged, I'm sorry, banned or challenged over the years. And um, so you can go back back in time, even classic novels as well as contemporary novels and wor works of literary, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Losing words. Isn't that ironic when I'm talking about books? Anyway, um, so here's the, the basics of the challenge. Uh, we challenge you to create a small wall quilt that somehow represents a book from the banned challenged book list that you have read and particularly loved, found meaningful, or otherwise want to celebrate. How you choose to represent the book is completely up to you. You could do a scene from the book, words from the book, or just represents the book in some way. Um, we do have a caveat here. Please be aware that book cover images and illustrations in books are copyrighted art. You would need permission from the publisher or artist to depict those images exactly. However, you could, of course, simply use them as inspiration for your own artwork. We have a Flickr group um, devoted to this, and we use the same Flickr group every year. So we just ask that when you post new works this year, just put the date, the year on them so that we um, we pretty much know because we haunt the, <laughs> the Flickr group. So Tanisha and I are very familiar with which ones are from which year. Um, but for other people, you might just want to tag in your uh, photo title or description or somewhere what year it is, just so people know that's this year's challenge. Um, so we do have a Flickr group for that. We will be highlighting things in our blog posts, etc. during the week. Uh, again, that's September 27th to October 3rd. We typically have giveaways. I'm not sure either of us has had the opportunity to think far enough ahead yet to know what those giveaways will be this year, but just know we tend to give things away around Bands Books Week. Um, we suggest that quilt projects not be any larger than about 16 inch square. Now you can do any size you want, but we tend to say, you know, just to get more people involved in this, we tend to keep them smaller. Uh, you can use any type of quilt techniques that you enjoy, any surface embellishment, you should you so choose, anything you want to do. Um, what, how you do, whether you do a sleeve or anything, that's completely up to you. Here's what I'd like to suggest. Um, I have actually, for the last couple of years, worked with my local public library, and they are thrilled to exhibit any quilts that local people do for our area during Band Books Week. The libraries are all about this. So if you have a public library in your area, check with them. Just touch base with them and say, hey, I might have a, a quilt or maybe you and your guild get together or just you and a couple of friends. You know, you don't have to have 50 quilts. You can do it. our displays at our guild, at our library. I think we've had at most about six or seven. Um, but the library does an excellent job in displaying them. I'm always so impressed when I go in. And half the time I haven't even seen the quilts because people just drop them straight off to the library. 
so I don't even see them until I go over to specifically look at the display. And I just, we have a very small little country library. It's adorable, but they do a fantastic job with this um, Band Books Week quilt challenge. So that's always a lot of fun. Um, so I'd suggest you do that as well. Go to and do it sooner rather than later. Go talk to your library now. Just see where you might be able to help spread the word if this is a word you choose to spread. So um, the other types of things, and this will all be on our blog, so I'm just explaining it to you now, but you will have this information on Tanisha or my blog at some point in the next few weeks. Uh, we do ask that you include an artist's statement with your quilt with, at minimum, um, the information of the title and the author that's book that the book is represented, your actual name, which like in Flickr and stuff, your screen name shows up, but um, you know, it is helpful to let us know your name and the date that the quilt was completed and then why you chose to represent that particular book. For example, why was it meaningful to you, memories around reading the book, um, anything along those lines that you think will help people understand why you created what you created. And put those in Flickr as well. You can put it in the description. If you are a blogger, please post it on your blog and link to the Flickr group or link to our um, blogs or whatever. May or may not do a linky on my blog. That's a really insanely busy time of year for me this year. So I am likely to do my blog's posts ahead of time um, and just schedule them for posting. It, it's freakish <laughs> for me around there. But even though it's freakish, this is still something I believe in and I have so much fun doing every year and being a part of every year that I'm, I'm determined to do it anyway. Um, so all of this information will be on my blog, on uh, Tanisha of Crafty Garden Mom's blog. So keep track of that sometime in the next couple of weeks. That'll probably all be going up. Um, I'm going to spread the word to my guild and a lot of them pass the word on as well. Uh, feel free to get as many people as you want involved. And then even if they are not on the computer and they want to make a quilt, you can always take a picture of their quilt and throw it up in Flickr or just let us know what's going on even if we never see the pictures, but it's it's a really fun opportunity. So again, Band Books Week is September 27th to October 3rd. Um, so between now and then, well, sooner rather than later, look for the information on Tanisha and my blogs. And again, we'll have the, the Flickr group and all that kind of good stuff up there. Um, so a bit of an update. Why have you not heard from me? Because it's been crazy busy. Uh, although, it doesn't feel busy because most of the time I'm sitting with a, my butt in a chair, <laughs> but I've had a lot going on in my head, I guess you could say. It's been busy in Sandy's head. Um, I did have two trips back to back in June. Uh, my first was my big work summer event in which we actually had one, two, three, kind of four concurrent events all at once and I staff all of them. So. Um, that's not to say, I mean, I was pretty busy that week and put in a lot of steps on my Fitbit, but uh, it's also all the prep work that goes into pulling those events off ahead of time. So leading up to being gone, and that was, I think I left like on June 19th or 20th, something like that. Um, the lead up to that was really busy. And then, of course, being gone. And then I was gone for mm, about a week. Yeah, just about a week. And then I was home for all of three days and then I was out of town again, although the second trip was vacation, which was very nice. Um, so things didn't really slow down for me until I got home from vacation, which was uh, first week of July-ish. I think we got home on July 10. Um, so the last couple of weeks have really just been about school. Um, 
those of you who have been listening, I don't know if I would have any new listeners on this episode because this is such a random out of the blue episode. (laughs) So most of you probably know um, I do start my doctoral studies in August. So the last couple of weeks, I mean, all summer, really, I've just been reading, 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 reading. Um, I think I'm up to having completed eight books at this point. Um, And that's not skimming. Well, one book I did kind of skip one segment in the middle, but most of the books I really, I am reading and highlighting. I've already gone through an entire pack of highlighters. (laughs) I was just thinking yesterday, time to replace that little collection. Um, It's also getting really busy because we have a wedding in the family, which again, you've probably heard me talk about. Uh, My husband's younger brother is getting married, um, first marriage, he's almost 40. So this is a huge family event because all the other brothers who are all older, um, there's a gap between all the other brothers and him. Um, You know, they've all been married 25, 30 years and they've been waiting (laughs) for this to happen. So it is a stinking big event. Um, They originally, you know, the couple that was getting married originally wanted a very small wedding and then the families got involved. It's no longer a small wedding. Uh, But in any case, leading up to that wedding, we have a grand total of three showers plus random family events as various people come in from out of town and all that kind of stuff. Plus there's another very close family friend of their whole family who's getting married just a couple of weeks after (laughs) my brother-in-law. So that shower and that, all those events are kind of all packed in there too. So it's just a lot going on. And in fact, um, I got a, a bridal shower invitation for that family friend bride and um, just a couple days ago. And I looked at my daughter and I said, well, okay, it's official. That's my last free weekend now scheduled. <laughs> so so there's, just, there's just a lot going on right now. Um, all very happy, happy events, but busy nonetheless. Um, Meanwhile, in that, as I said, I have been preparing for school. I am ridiculously excited about buying school supplies. That it, There was actually a uh, Terry mentioned on her uh, Facebook post, and this is probably a week ago or so now. Terry, I don't remember exactly when you said this, but she posted something about school supplies, and is it wrong that she is so excited about school supplies? And a bunch of us were like, no, we love buying school supplies. Um, now, I'm not buying a lot because, you know, I don't, I'm not doing the notebooks and the pens and all that kind of thing. I think I bought one smallish notebook because I am very computer-based. I type everything at this point. Um, But I did have to buy myself a backpack and it was very exciting. (laughs) I I, I don't know. It's been years. I have, I mean, I I have backpacks, but, well, I've got one backpack, Um, but it isn't really what I needed it to be. And so I really, you know, I wanted a backpack partly because I Google, (laughs) my daughter was teasing me. She said, mom, you are way too into this. I actually, I Google mapped um, the campus and found the address of where my housing is versus the address of where the classroom is. And we're pretty much always in one classroom the entire time we're there. Um, And I actually did the street view of the entire walk. I walked myself (laughs) on Google Maps from from where I'll be living to where I'll be doing classes. Um, Partly just because I wanted to see, you know, are there sidewalks that whole way? Because it's right along a fairly um, major uh, road four-lane road, I think, with a meridian. Um, but there, it does look like there's sidewalks that whole way. And um, so <laughs> I was, anyway, it's it's about a 15-minute walk one way. And so that means really pretty much I need to have everything with me for the day in my backpack because we are going to be on lockdown in that classroom the whole time we're there. Uh, so I needed a really good backpack that would have all the right kinds of pockets and room for water bottles and all that kind of stuff, plus be really comfortable 
to wear because you know the older you get actually the more important that gets um, your back doesn't put up with as much nonsense <laughs> when you're 50 as when you were a 22 year old grad student um, so anyway that was kind of an exciting moment I had to order it online because the, the you know the backpacks that are in stores right now are really geared at kids um, and so I really didn't want a Hello Kitty <laughs> I did look at a couple of local stores. I was like, eh, no, that's not going to happen. Um, so I ended up ordering it online. So it hasn't come yet, but I'm looking forward to that happening. Um, I did have a brief thought of trying to do a pattern from Annie Unrine's site. She has this really, really cool messenger bag design that for my normal life, before the whole student thing happened, would be great. Um, it has a great number of pockets for all your, you know, the stylus and your pens and all that kind of stuff plus whatever electronics you've got. Um, but then I got over myself because <laughs> we all know how much, how much, what a good time I had doing that first Annie Unrhyne bag. But I will say having, having done that, um, my, my bar <laughs> for what I'm willing to look at in a bag pattern did rise quite a bit. Now, you know, the, there's a lot of bags I'm more willing to say, oh yeah, I can probably do that. That's not a big deal because I made it through the mother of all bags. So that that is, you know, the benefit of doing that kind of thing. Um, but in any case, I'm not doing that, that bag. Mostly, I mean, if I had six months, maybe I would still try it. On the other hand, messenger bags, I love them for short term, but if I'm having to use it all day, every day, those don't, they're not as comfortable as a regular backpack. So I am sticking with my backpack. And someday I may still do that messenger bag on Annie Unrhyne's site. And I'm sorry, I don't remember the title. I I saved it to Pocket, um, which I keep mentioning, by the way. I did put a link to it on a recent blog post. Pocket is a fantastic app for those of us with tablets because you can just save websites, you can save blog posts, you can just shoot it straight to Pocket and then, then it's there so you never have to remember where you put it. Um, but I, I don't know if I save that one to pocket, but if you go onto Annie Unrhyne's website, which is byannie.com, B-Y-A-N-N-I-E.com, all one word. Um, I think it was just called Messenger Bag. I don't think it had a special name to it. I vaguely remember that it might've been black and white fabric, maybe some red in there. I don't remember it, but anyway, it, it's a really nice Messenger Bag design. And Although I struggled with the bag in the class, that had nothing to do with her pattern or her techniques. It was all about my inexperience. So um, I do know there's a lot of people that just swear by her stuff. So if you're looking for a messenger bag design, go to buyannie.com and check hers out. It was pretty cool. Anyway, um, I've also been working on, uh, I had originally thought I would just use my iPad because I use my iPad as a replacement laptop, essentially. I no longer really have a working laptop. I haven't for about a year. Um, my work laptop I replaced with a desktop and then the work laptop I was trying to inch it along for those few things I did need it for and it's really pretty much just fried at this point. Um, but I use my iPad for everything and so originally I've been thinking oh, I'll just do my iPad but the more I got thinking about it the more I thought I may have to actually write papers like official papers with footnotes and endnotes and all of that kind of thing and although I can do it on my iPad it's fairly clunky and I don't know that I would have, well, I, I know I wouldn't have all the capabilities that I would on a standard laptop. So I started trying to figure out, could I resurrect my old laptop enough? And then my husband just offered me his MacBook. He has a MacBook. 
that he really doesn't use that much for a variety of reasons um, because of his work life. Uh, he just doesn't use this MacBook that much. Uh, so he's letting me use that. So I've spent the last couple days trying to get that set up um, for me to use, which was fine, but it's been years since I've used a Mac that wasn't an iPad <laughs> or an iPhone. Um, our first computers, when we very first got married 25 years ago, were Macs. But then we switched to PC when we got frustrated with the fact that you could never get software on Mac back then. Now you can better. But um, anyway, it's been mm, 20 years since I've used Mac, so I'm, I'm trying to get myself familiar again with this different interface. And the biggest problem is I keep poking the screen. <laughs> I associate it because it still uses apps and everything, and it's not all that much bigger than my iPad, so I tend to forget that I'm not sitting there with my iPad in my lap, and I'm jabbing at the screen expecting things to happen. <laughs> And it doesn't because it's not a touchscreen. Um, so as long as I can train myself out of that before I'm sitting in the classroom making an idiot of myself, <laughs> jabbing at my screen, we'll probably be okay. Um, they still don't have the online classroom set up, which is starting to stress me out a little bit, and I'm trying not to let myself get stressed about it. Uh, we only have a week left, and there's all these reading assignments in that online classroom that I can't access until they get that set up. It's it's not like they're available somewhere else and I can just use them somewhere. They're in that online cl classroom. They had told us it was supposed to be this week that it was supposed to get set up, but it hasn't been yet. So I suspect next week it will be kind of busy. Um, the books I've been reading were all on the original, uh, the original draft syllabus for the class, and those will all come into play for the papers and things I'm writing. So it's not like I've been just reading stuff randomly um, it's it's all stuff that I know I will be using um, and heck I've already started using it for work there's a lot of stuff that's come up that I've been like oh okay this will help us do this that or the other thing so in that regard it's, it's doctoral studies are already working um, but you know in terms of the specific assignments and those readings that are articles and things that are only available through the classroom plus I've been kind of holding off on there's two um, papers we have to have done short ones but we're supposed to have them done before we get there because they're going to then become fodder for classroom discussion. I was holding off to make sure that those didn't get changed between the draft syllabus and the final syllabus, but I've decided I just have to do those next week, you know, one way or the other. I don't want to get to um, the get on campus and suddenly be having to write papers. Anyway, um, so that's all. <laughs> You can tell what's mostly on my mind these days. Let me get back to quilting and things you're actually interested in. Uh, I did get my embroidery done for the shower tomorrow for my sister-in-law's gift, sister-in-law-to-be gift, um, and I am so thrilled with it. Uh, I had it framed at the same, we have the a needle arts uh, shop on the other side of town, and they also do framing, and so I had it framed and I just got to pick it up tonight, and it, it's beautiful. The The frame is just perfect. They did an excellent job on the framing. Um, it is a, a glass. It's an archival glass or whatever, the con conservating, not conservating. I don't remember what the word was they used for it. It was an archival conservation glass. That's the word. Um, so that it'll prevent it from fading should they like it well enough to have it on their walls <laughs> the rest of their married lives. Um, it's just, you know, the frame, boy, that makes it look really professional. You know, it's just, it is, I'm so pleased with it. And it is so nice to have finally done a project that I'm really pleased with. You know, so as you know, those of you who have been listening for a while, I'm rarely totally happy with anything I do. <laughs> I'm just, there's always something that has worked my nerve about it. I, I can be more pleased and less pleased, um, but 
it is rare for me to look at something and say, I really love this. Now, on this embroidery, is it perfect? No, but I really love it. It just, I'm really pleased with the way it turned out. I kept it very simple. I used a stem stitch for all the leaves, a split stitch for the branches, and a back stitch for the lettering. Um, I can tell where I began and ended because I got better as I went along. <laughs> you know, things smoothed out, got a little more even. Um, I figured out how to use the different threads a little bit better, uh, all of that kind of thing. But in all, you know, when you just look at it, it's exactly the impression I wanted it to have, and, and that's beautiful. I will um, post a photo of it on my blog once the shower's over, and she's actually received it. I don't think she reads my blog, but um, just to be on the safe side, mostly because my blog does go into Facebook. Um, I did cobble together clip art for the design. I designed it, you know, it's hard for me to say. I can say, yes, I designed it myself because I didn't copy a pattern. I found a bunch of different clip art things for different components of it, and then even from there, adapted it a little bit. Um, so it really is my own design from there. I found a font I liked for the lettering on it, and I printed it off the right size, more or less the size I wanted. But then I didn't trace it. I just freehanded looking at uh, the font, and even at that, I adapted the font a little bit as well. So for the most part, it is all my original design. It was just sort of, you know, there were some editorial processes, <laughs> I guess you could say, involved in that. Uh, the fabric that I used on the background, those of you who are embroiders, um, it's not linen. It looks like linen, but it's not. It's actually flax. And it had a beautiful hand. I loved working with this stuff. In the grand scheme of embroidery, it is a more expensive background to use. Um, but for the size I was doing, you know, I think it came out to somewhere in the neighborhood of 12 or $13 for the size piece that I was doing. And I was like, you know, when you're used to paying for fabric anyway, <laughs> that didn't, she kept saying, wow, this is really, you know, this is an expensive one. I'm like, well, how much would it total up to be? And she gave me the total, and I'm like, nothing. You know, <laughs> I can do that. I'm used to dropping 150 on quilt supplies. So yeah, that was nothing. Uh, the frame, it was another matter, but that's, we always know that. Um, it was, it was really beautiful. If you have an opportunity to work with a flax um, fabric in embroidery, it's, it is really nice. It was the first time I'd ever done embroidery not on cotton or wool. Those are the two things I've been embroidering are, you know, fabrics out of my stash, mostly my hand dyes, or um, felted wool. So I had to get used to the way the warp and the weft actually kind of move around a little bit when you're stitching. It's it's really easy to leave a gap because if you pull your stitch a little bit too tight, the warp and the weft of the fabric actually pull apart and you get a little bit of a hole there. So I, that was probably the thing I had to get most comfortable with was the tension, how much to pull. When I'm working on cotton, I can yank that thing and I you know the worst I'm going to get is a pucker. I can smooth that out, but you're not generally speaking, the cottons I'm working with are a very um, close weave. And so I don't really have issues with holes. So I, that was the, that was kind of my learning process on this. I used all normal embroidery flosses. Um, I don't know any of them were DMC per se, because I, I just ended up buying them over at the needle art store. Um, a couple of them were uh, hand dyed variegated, um, but they were still a kind of normal embroidery floss weight. Um, so that was easy, much easier than the butterfly project that has gotten tabled for a little bit just because I've been working on this other one, um, where every stitch I was doing, I was working with a completely different thread. So I really had, you know, I upped my learning curve tremendously on that. 
this was all just very standard embroidery flosses, which actually I had to laugh at myself because when I first started working with them, I had to get used to working with a normal embroidery floss because I had been working with all this other funky stuff. Um, I didn't do any beading or anything on this. I really wanted to keep it simple. I wanted it to be vaguely rustic, but not like primitive rustic because that's this couple is. They're fairly traditional. Um, they, I think I've mentioned they're starting their own catering company and it's all about rustic foods and local source and all of that kind of stuff. So I wanted to keep it to have that kind of feel to it. So I'm just, I'm really thrilled with the way it turned out. I just, I hope she likes it. I, I know she will like the um, sentiment behind it and I think she will actually like it. But you know, you always get a little bit nervous when you actually do something handmade. Um, we did also buy them a gift off the registry just so they would have a normal gift as well. Um, I did get a fair amount of progress last weekend done on the Jacob's Ladder quilt, which is for their wedding. I got all the four patches done, minus one. You always end up one short. Um, and that was just because I was using a whole bunch of scrap strips uh, to do the four patches, and so you don't always get the same number out. So although I had done all the math ahead of time and I knew how many strips and everything technically I was supposed to have, I just ended up one four patch short, which was fine. I did end up with another four patch that ended up with two of the same fabrics. This is, um, I'm doing this all scrappy. It's a controlled palette. It's blue and, and um, kind of cream, uh, but it's scrappy within that controlled palette. And so I had done all this very intentional randomization, if, if you will, to make sure that I didn't end up with a bunch of four patches with all the same fabrics in them. Um, and somehow, despite all of that, I ended up with one patch that had two of the same squares in it. And although in the grand scheme of things, probably nobody else would ever notice, I know it would drive me nuts to have this one that was off. So I am gonna rip that one apart, um, just take, you know, move it into two pairs. And then because I have to do another one anyway, then I just sew two new pairs and I've got, I'm back to my two that I, anyway, you understand what I'm saying, I'm sure. It's getting hot, my brain is starting to melt. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I got done last weekend, which I did post on my blog, I did make another little purse. It was such a cute little thing, and it was actually kind of fun to make. Um, see, it's not that I'm a... Con I, I've always actually really liked, in theory, the idea of purses. I just don't like stuff that gets really fiddly. This one, not fiddly in the least bit. Um, it is from uh, a craftsy class, Joan Hawley, who is Lazy Girls Design, Lazy Girl Designs, uh, is has a craftsy class. I believe it's called Zip To It or Zip It Up. Can't remember which one, but it's on my blog. And um, normally I don't do a reveal of a class project until I'm ready to actually review the class. I just, I haven't finished the class yet, so I'm not going to post my review of the class until I've done it. Um, but I, I couldn't wait to post because this purse, it's really kind of cute. It's just, it's, she calls it the runaround bag. It took me maybe 90 minutes all in beginning to end to get it done. And that was just because it was my first one and because I was fussy cutting. So I had to keep kind of double checking to make sure I had the particular fussy cut fabrics in the right place and heading the right direction. If I had just been using, well, if I did this again, so I'm already familiar with the process. And if I was just using a fabric that it didn't matter, uh, what way anything faced. I think you could get this bag done in about 45 minutes. Uh, it's really, really simple. And even though it's simple, it's still very functional. Um, as you may know, I have done other very simple bags from um, classes in the past, uh, just in the last year, last few months, in fact, 
um, that were, you know, they were cute and they were easy, but they weren't particularly functional. Once they got done, they are, they're bags I don't really see myself using. This one, I see myself using, it's very cute. Um, if I were to make another one, there's probably a couple little tweaks I would make to it, and I think I had mentioned that in the blog. Uh, you don't have to take the class to do this pattern. She has this uh, the pattern available in other places. Again, it's the runaround bag. Um, I mean, you could, if you did this uh, uh, in terms of an assembly line, you could probably whip s six to ten of these out in an afternoon, and they would make great gifts. So I do recommend that design, runaround bag. And again, if you look back on my blog this past week, I'm not going to post a link to it because I don't have time. Uh, but you'll see the pictures of the bag and kind of a little bit about how it made it. it it's a very cute little bag. Uh, so that was fun. It was it was good for me to just have a fast finish <laughs> because all the other stuff I've been doing lately is much more long term, you know, a little bit at a time. So it was so much fun to decide Sunday afternoon, well, I guess I'll start doing this and have it done in time to go out to use it going out to dinner with my husband that night. So that was fun. Um, our third staff person in our office, I've mentioned before, we have three of us um, who are on staff for the national organization that I serve. The third one um, just had a baby, uh, her second baby, and she had him three weeks early. Uh, it's a long story. Uh, we actually knew a couple days in advance she was going to be having the baby early. Uh, but um, so it's kind of thrown us in a little bit, a little bit of a monkey wrench in the office because we all thought we had three weeks left to get ready for at least, you know, at least two weeks left to get ready for her maternity leave. So there's, there's a lot that didn't get done. Um, and so my other staff, my supervisor and I, uh, she's actually out of the country right now. She's in South Africa. So when she gets back, she and I are going to have to have some strategy sessions <laughs> about figuring out how do we cover what didn't get done um not and we don't want to bug her on maternity leave she needs to just be with her baby right now anyway i'm saying all of that to say i have half a thought that i might um make a couple of the baby receiving blankets the the self what is it called self binding self bordering baby receiving blanket that's a um, jenny doan missouri quilt company tutorial i've done a bunch of them in the past it's been probably 18 months two years since i've made one but those are really pretty fast and so I kind of had a thought that maybe I would make a couple, send one down to her for her new baby, and then one for her um, daughter, who's about two and a half now, that her daughter could use for dolls or stuffed animals or whatever. Um, but I may also just cut myself slack and go to a baby's or also <laughs> buy something and mailing it down. You know, I really am trying to be good to myself in terms of what my expectations are of what I can actually reasonably get done. So that's what I've been doing. I am back to, um, now that I've got the embroidery for the shower done, I'm back to just doing some cruel embroidery for a little bit. And um, I will be picking back up the Sue Spargo Butterflies project again, um, just to have something to do in the evenings. And then uh, one some embroidery project will come with me when I go to Boston. I haven't decided yet what one. Um, I don't think I'm going to have a lot of downtime when I'm there, uh, but it is very nice and zen. <laughs> to just sit in my room before bed for a few minutes and just do a little bit of stitching, you know, while I'm listening to music or a podcast or whatever. Um, so I would like to at least have something with me in case I get in the mood to do it. Um, so I am home next week still, and I am home next weekend. Uh, so I hope to maybe get another podcast out next weekend. We will see because next weekend is also pretty busy. I have another shower. <laughs> or 
my brother-in-law and his and his wife and wife to be this is a couple shower so my husband and his other brother are actually um, kind of co-planning it and then we're all going to be there so it's going to be one big party they've actually rented out an entire bowling alley for this thing so it should be you know pretty casual and a lot of fun um, but that's friday night and then saturday is um, the aqs quilt show in syracuse it's actually wednesday to sunday but um, my bff bqf kate and maybe bff bqf lori um, she wasn't sure if she could come but we're planning on making a road trip up just on saturday uh, so that'll be all day saturday because syracuse is about an hour and a half away um, so by Sunday, that would be the only day I'd be able to podcast, and I may just be too fried <laughs> at that point. I may just want to sit and not talk to anybody. So we'll see. Um, all that's to say, you may or may not hear from me again uh, before I go to Boston. And then uh, if you don't, it wouldn't be, I don't get back until um, the weekend of the 15th. Uh, so hopefully I would be able to podcast somewhere in there, although I won't have a whole lot to talk about because I won't have done anything with fabric in a while. Um, so that's the update. Mostly, like I said, I want you to remember the Band Books Week Challenge and um, participate. It's a lot of fun. It really is. Go to the Flickr group. The Flickr group, like I said, pre-exists. <laughs> it's, it's part of the universe. Um, so you can go to the Flickr group and look at what people have done in the past for the past two, three years. And um, just get some ideas. You'll see how simple some of them are and how complex some can get. You can put as much or as little into this as you want. And like I said, go talk to your public library. See if they would be interested in displaying whatever it is you make. And maybe you can get some friends to do them, your guild. Um, maybe there's some quilt groups actually meet in libraries. So maybe they have some people they'd like to let know or whatever. Um, it's just a neat, neat opportunity. So watch uh, for Crafty Garden Mom, Tanisha's blog, and mine over the next few days, and you will see more information. So that is it for this episode. Uh, again, I really appreciate everybody who's been leaving comments and sending me emails and all of that. Um, generally, emails I try to respond to by email. Um, comments, I'm a little hit and miss as to whether I respond to comments. Uh, I will try to be better about that. Uh, but I do really, really appreciate every single one of you who has commented, every single one of you who has emailed. I really enjoy that. So thank you so much for that. And that's why it breaks my heart just a little bit that I'm not going to spend time on that in this episode. But really, it is really getting ghastly hot in here. So <laughs> I just need to move on. Um, and, and really, hopefully our AC gets fixed tomorrow because next week is supposed to be brutally hot and steamy. And if we're like this... I mean, our old house didn't have AC, so, you know, this is in my history. <laughs> I think I said something on Twitter today about going old school in 1995. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was only in this house that we had central air. But literally, in the old house, I did periodically just get in my car and drive around just to have AC. So <laughs> I, I can get a little whiny. I don't like being hot. Um, oh, again, I digress. Let's get back to telling you how you can be in touch with me. You can email me at sandyquilts at gmail.com. You can follow the blog. You can follow me on Twitter, Pinterest, um, Goodreads, Flickr, all of those places. I'm Sandy Quilts, Sandy with a Y, Quilts with a Z. You can like the Quilting for the Rest of Us page on Facebook. You can join the Quilting for the Rest of Us Flickr group. Please do love to see your pictures. And you can join the um, Quilting for the Rest of Us Kiva team and do good all over the world. And you will find links to all of those things at www 
quiltingfortherestofus.com. So until the next time, go get your quilty on. Quilting for the Rest of Us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom. 